Formula One didn't exactly get much racing done at Spa-Francorchamps, but the support packages did. So it's just as well that we've got plenty to talk about this weekend on the Formula Scout podcast. And we've got quite a few of us here this weekend. So I'm Craig Willard to talk about, as always, along with Bethany Waring. But we're also joined by Alejandro Alonso Lopez, who um, had to face the brunt of all the press conferences and so forth this week whilst I was away. And Roger Gascoigne, who makes his former Scout podcast uh, debut as well, who was trackside. So, Roger, I think the first question has to go to you. And are you dry yet? Yeah, it, it took a while to dry out, I have to say. Uh, obviously, Sunday was uh, just raining the whole day, um, so it's fairly unpleasant. And even got out of the car park uh, with no problem. But uh, yes, now now dried out and looking looking forward to Zandvoort, which hopefully is going to be a bit sunnier. Mm, yeah, certainly. But overall, just generally, how was the, the weekend experience as a whole? Obviously, you, did be, you were able to see at least some racing. Um, in, in the support uh, series? Yes, I, I remember the Formula 3 and the W Series were, uh, were, were quite impressive races given the weather conditions that we had. And I think uh, for me, what was quite uh, Im- impressive particularly was the fact that the Formula 3 guys didn't throw the cars at the scenery. So they were very disciplined. There were very few incidents. And given how bad the weather was, to keep it on track and have some some pretty good racing and some good overtaking moves i thought was 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 very good performance by by the whole field you know there are a few debutants there are a lot of people who probably haven't been to spa before so that that was impressive um clearly doing um had a great weekend in fact the whole trident trident team and i guess we'll we'll come back to that and, and trident uh on the up versus versus prema who obviously had a, a disastrous weekend but uh, I mean, the whole uh, Trident team were, were very strong throughout, throughout the whole weekend. Um, and I guess, uh, you know, do and maximize the potential, Hauga struggled and uh, MP were, were also very strong. Martins was a bit unlucky, I thought, uh, in a couple of races, but uh, in a very, very strong performance, good racing, obviously all a little bit safety car influenced and none of them went the full distance but uh i guess for the main race of the weekend as it turned out it was it was good entertainment mm, certainly and as you say we'll, we'll get on to to Prima's struggles and and trident's uh, magnificent weekend uh, a little bit later but alejandro um it was your first time in the official press conferences this weekend um stepping in for me as i was away at a wedding um and climbing hills and all that sort of malarkey so uh how how was your first weekend sort of in, in the in the front line it was definitely a busy one but i enjoyed it a lot i mean there was a lot of work to do doing the reports and attending the press conference but i don't know the experience was really positive i really loved it so i'm quite pleased with how it all went Mm, excellent. So hopefully in the future, when or as and when I get drafted off elsewhere and do other things, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to step in once more in the future. But I, I think we should uh, get right into the, the thick of it. Um, doing double, um, who is absolutely imperious in the rain in races two and three this weekend, um, sacrificing race one as well in particular 
um, to be able to capitalize on race two, took a brilliant pole um, to, to put him in, in the best position for the third race, which he converted into victory to absolutely carve into Dennis Alger's substantial points lead and put all that down to, uh, well, considerably less and right back into the title mix. Um, only 20 odd points behind. Um, Coming into the weekend, quite a lot of people had said that, you know, the championship was done. wasn't quite so convinced, um, as expressed in the analysis feature that we uh, had go up um, on the on the eve of the weekend. So um, certainly, certainly does it is starting to seem like a bit of a two horse race at this point. Um, Frederick Vesti, he's also got more than 100 points, but he's uh, quite some way behind still. Um, so. Bethany, we haven't spoken to you yet this podcast. Um, you do you, do you sort of think that it's become a, a straightforward two horse race at this point between the two um, Red Bull aligned um, drivers driving for Italian teams? No, not really. Um, even though I think if we've if it's only Zandvoort that happens, then yeah, it's a two horse race. But if we get Kota as well then I wouldn't be surprised to see Vesti or maybe even Mart- Martins come forward. We said in the podcast before the race weekend that it was really one one of um, Helga's rivals have to really kind of dominate the ne- next couple of rounds and really grab it. Um, and we saw we've seen how kind of not how sorry we've we've seen doing start that but he'll have to keep that up because if he kind of let slip and if even one of the other try one of the other um one of one of the other challengers come forward in the next round and kind of take points away from doing then it's it's still Martin's rather it's still, oh, I'm barely awake today. It's still Halgers rather than it, uh, it becoming a two horse race. It's um, Dewan's got to keep that up. It, it he started it, but he's really got to carry it on, and that's something we didn't see in the first half of the season. Mm, yeah, certainly they they hadn't consistently clawed away at, at the gap, and Halger was just able to scamper away into the into the lead but Alejandro what happened with Kramer this weekend specifically because they picked up just eight points um, between their free drivers across the free races which is their smallest points haul from an FIF free weekend the, the smallest points haul since uh, that outfit joined um, the, the third tier of a Grand Prix weekend um, an absolute disaster for them really so what did go wrong um, and why did why did Halger only ended up, ended up picking six points um, compared to uh, an incredible amount that he picked up earlier in the year? It's been definitely quite surprising to see to see that, and I think that they don't even know either. So because the drivers were complaining uh, about the the car about the grip, I already in the free practice and after free practice they made some changes and qualifying went even worse and things did improve pretty much a lot throughout the course of the weekend so i'm not sure if i hope they have found the reason why they went they all went so wrong for them at spa otherwise they'll struggle probably at somewhere if there is more rain coming although 
I don't think it's, it won't be that torrential rain like the one we had uh, in Spa. But anyway, I'm sure they'll, they'll find a way to sort out their issues because they've always been pretty, pretty strong and I'm sure they'll, they'll be in the last rounds. So I expect that, I, as I wrote in the, in the five things we learned article we had yesterday or on Monday, on Monday, I think it was, and even the best, even the very best have a, can have a, a bad weekend. So I, I guess that was their weekend off and now they'll come back on top. Yeah, certainly. And, and Roger, um, you're obviously watching trackside, so you're able to, to get a first-hand experience as to, as to what was going on sort of, sort of there. So do you expect Prima to be able to bounce back um, immediately this weekend at Zandvoort? Do you think it was like spa-specific? Do you think it was weather-specific, uh, something like that? Uh, as, as Alejandro said, you know, the question is whether, whether they know. And what actually they changed for the third race did they change something in the car? Did they find a tweak to make it go better? Or was it just Hauger um, committing himself to go for every overtaking move? It's really in the third, in the third race, Hauger was the one who was making up places. Uh, and if it had gone, and they obviously lost a couple of laps from the full distance, if it had gone to 17 laps, then he would have made probably at least another two places up. So there wasn't that much overtaking in any of the races. And he was, he was pretty well flying in that third race. So I said, was that him or was that the car? I think given their track record, it would be pretty unwise to expect Prema to, to fail two races running. The circuits are pretty different, I guess. Um, well, no, nobody has experience with these cars at, at Zandvoort. Uh, race experience so you, you would expect them to be back in it but you know, there are five or six teams who can have a good weekend and it can suddenly change and you do see that go kind of team by team probably apart from Logan Sargent who's, who's a bit of a sole, sole representative at the front end for Carols but uh, um, MP Motorsport uh, obviously on the up and had a cracking weekend uh, um, as well as Trident. So, and, and ART not far behind. So, really, are those four teams pretty evenly matched, which I think uh, will we'll make the last two, hopefully, rounds uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, certainly. And I think the, the Alpine Juniors at MP Motorsport, um, certainly the, the next point of discussion, because they were lively this weekend um, from, from the highlights that I was able, able to catch. Um, weren't able to catch the, the full races, sadly, but obviously kept an eye on the reports and, and everything going on. Um, but yeah, the, the, those two, uh, Kyle Collette and Victor Martin, were absolutely carving the way through the field. Some some Larry overtakes, some legal, some very much not elite, well, not legal, um, <laughs> from from both drivers, and they 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 handled the the situations very differently. Um, Alejandro, you, you in particular were impressed with the way that um, Martins handled his battle with um, with Jack Doohan for the lead in, in race three. Yes, indeed. I mean, because when he went around the outside of Jack Doohan, then first at no name and then at home, it was quite impressive because 
it was it is one of those situations when both drivers go side by side and the driver in the inside tries to push the driver and on the outside a bit off the track and then you say okay maybe the stewards let the the one in the outside go by because he he, he tried to to keep the line to keep the car on track but he couldn't but at the end of, um, then the stewards told martins to give that back the, the position back and he accepted it straight away and he didn't even complain about it after the after not even the race but neither after the after the race so it was quite impressive to see such a mature a driver in, it was a very mature behavior for a driver in, in the Formula 3 championship. So, yeah, um, I'm quite surprised with Martins and all that he's been doing this season, but what he did at Spa was top class. Yeah, certainly. And it's just a little bit of a shame that Kyle Collette's uh, brilliant free car overtaken in one corner, or one straight in a corner, um, moved down the down the Kemmel straight um, very much was illegal but if that was um, legal that would have been absolutely incredible pass um, so let's move on a little bit to uh, another team who I thought um, certainly vindicated the the progress that they showed um, last time out well previous time out in, in Budapest um, and that's Campos and they took their first win since the loss of um, Adrian Campos again um, with with Lorenzo Colombo in the first race, um, he absolutely dominated the first race from pole position, um, winning by I think it's something like twelve seconds or something like that, um, which was a a brilliant result for him, brilliant result for the team, and he managed to keep it this time. Um, so Bethany, if you're able to to catch the first race, what did you make of um, uh, of Colombo that week uh, in that particular race? Yeah. It was fantastic. He kind of really did what he needed to do. There was, uh, I, I found it quite funny at the uh, at the beginning when with the safety car, he was very close behind the safety car, if I remember correctly. And it was like, wow, last time he didn't do that, and he got a penalty, so he was leaving nothing to chance this time. He did exactly what he needed to do, especially because of the weather. Just getting that gap and being ahead of anyone else, it just meant he didn't have to deal with the spray. He didn't have to deal with um, maybe going on the slightly wetter line if that existed to try to defend he it was brilliant and it was a really well-deserved win um, not that the not that his last win wasn't deserved even though it didn't exist in the end but this one was well-deserved and, and legal so it, it was a good it was a it was a good tribute to 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 Campos. Yeah, certainly. I think that's the sort of drive that um, Adrian Campos would have um, absolutely loved um, to have seen. Um, and I, I think that, like I said, I think that vindicates that the progress that Campos has said that it's made um, in the past couple of rounds. It certainly felt that it made a setup breakthrough in Hungary. Um, it's obviously not quite on par with the with the top three four teams. Um, big hitters, but they're in that sort of window to be able to capitalise in the reverse grid races now, um, in particular with Colombo, who I think has been driving brilliantly um, at times this season. So I, I think that bodes well for Zandvoort, um, although I'm merely speculating at this point because we have zero form guide to go off, but um, 
uh, I think to perform well at Hungary and then uh, another tight twisty circuit with quite a fair few medium to high speed corners such as Zandvoort I think bodes pretty well. Um, we did have a record set at the weekend. Jack Crawford um, took a podium finish, became the youngest um, podium finisher in the category in its short history as well. So uh, that's a really good um, return for him, although he didn't seem overly um, happy with his weekend as a whole. Um, I just generally want to get so final thoughts on, on Formula 3, just on the, the weekend conditions throughout um, from 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 those sitting afar, if you will. So, uh, Roger, you've already spoken about um, the, the conditions, but Alejandro and Bethany, um, from from the highlights that I saw, race three in particular, um, on on the Sunday, the Grand Prix Sunday, and we all know what happened um, by now there. But um, they look really, really bad. Um, the, the spray just flew up and it just sort of hung in the air and. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised that that, that, that race managed to, to get underway um, uh, at all, to be honest. So, um, so Bethany, what, what did you make of the conditions uh, throughout? I mean, you've watched plenty of British F4 races, so you know what bad conditions are like, but where, where does this sort of sit with you? I, I, I think I must have like blocked it out because it was just, I, I did not enjoy this weekend honestly covering covering spa in the wet just was not was not fun um the w series crash which i'm sure we'll get on to in a moment but i'll I'll mention it here it's the first major incident that i've actually been writing a race report uh, writing a session report for um obviously there have been other major incidents that i've kind of been on the periphery for but I've always kind of been um really lucky in a way to not be covering that event and this one I've never felt so sick writing uh waiting to write a session report and then thankfully nothing nothing serious happened there and then we went into some terrible conditions in in Formula 3 and like there have been, I, I've been at Formula Four races and where, where it's just been so so wet. And um, a couple of years ago, I did pretty much every British Formula Four race, and there was one that was cancelled, and they let it be a race after like three laps behind the safety car. Um, but I don't think those conditions were as bad as in Spa, and it's just such a it's to to kind of channel my Nicky Lauda. It's a track where you need to have everything be perfect for it to be safe-ish, and everything wasn't perfect. And I think we were really lucky that there wasn't a major incident this weekend that resulted in um, something very bad happening. I mean that that's just what it looked like from the outside. But from the track side, it might have been a little less drastic, but for, but for me, it was just, it was awful. And I'm so glad everyone was okay. Mm, yeah, it, it does like make the, the whole, the, the quality of the racing, I think between, um, especially the, the, the Formula 3 drivers in particular, um, it, it does really put that into perspective, just how well they drove. I, I sort of draw parallels to when they, they raced at the Red Bull Ring last year 
um, in uh, absolutely abysmal conditions. And I thought they were very, very impressive on that day as well. Um, Alejandro, your thoughts on on the conditions? Um, I, I guess you don't tend to get that weather too often um, in, in your part of the world. Yeah, well, as Roger and now you mentioned, uh, it was pretty impressive to see so just a few incidents, a few minor incidents throughout the course of the weekend because the conditions were extremely challenging. And yeah, I although I think the conditions in the Formula 3 race on Sunday morning were slightly better than what we saw in the afternoon for Formula 1, at least probably because the Formula 3 cars rise much less spray than the Formula 1 cars. So there was a bit more visibility than in the afternoon for Formula 1, which was completely impossible to race with. But yeah, conditions were pretty much on the limit. And it's quite surprising. I'm actually happy to see, as Bethany said, that we are lucky that there were no major incidents in, in this weekend. Well, with with no con with consequences because we had a, a pretty big incident then again at Radelion. But anyway, how luckily all the all the drivers walk away without bigger bigger issues. Yeah, yeah. Um that, that segues on us on absolutely lovely Lee. I'm coming up with words now. Um on, on to W series. And I think the big topic of the weekend was the the big six car incident um at the oh as they climb up the hill uh, through Radion. Um I can't remember all of the drivers involved because again I've only been been seeing highlights and, and clips and, and so forth, but the um the, the big one really was Bites Gavissa, um 2019 series runner-up. Um she sustained three hits, sizable hits. Um on her car um and was relatively unscathed um in in good spirits um when watch uh, when i watched about the interviews and, and so forth with her afterwards but um doing a little bit of physio work um hoping to be back for this weekend um her home event of course um at zandvoort so hopefully she'll be back um isla agram was the other driver hospitalized um, and on top of that, we've had uh, Rina Sidakova have uh, returned a positive COVID test. So she had to sit out the spa weekend as well. So uh, quite a lot of uh, sudden driver changes um, up and down the field. But I think the, the, the big takeaway from the, the big crash uh, at Radion, it, it was quite clearly not the, the fault of the drivers because you had six drivers all having exactly the same accident um, because of a, a freak rain shower, which you do sometimes get. Um, particularly at Spa with its uh, bizarre microclimates. Um, but I think the big takeaway is a car that we quite often uh, criticise for, for not being very good for, for racing, the, the Tatchus um, Formula Regional chassis, I, feel, I thought did an absolutely outstanding job in that scenario. Um, totally unprecedented scenario. You do not expect a car to, to normally have to withstand two hits, let alone three pretty sizable ones. And, and this was relatively unscathed from that. So I think that that, that car really did its job um, on, on that occasion. Um, so, Roger, we haven't quite got your thoughts yet. I don't know whereabouts you were standing um, on, on Saturday afternoon, but uh, what did you make of 
of every, oh, Friday, I think it was, yeah, Friday, um, of, of what went on uh, with, with that. The crash itself on Friday, I was actually watching from around the back of the circuit, so I didn't see that other than, than on the screen. And uh, obviously, I think also, also trackside, there were um, no cuts at all. No, no comments at all from the from the commentators. Um, so you obviously knew it was it was something fairly serious. Um, clearly, uh, as you said, you know, for the car to stand up to that was was mightily impressive as well. Um, congratulations to Tatuas for, for building such a strong strong chassis. Um, the race itself, I mean, I think W Series had the best of the weather, to be honest, both in in practice and certainly the race. The race was was certainly the driest conditions over the whole weekend, um, and you could see the field was pretty spread out. Um, Kimmelainen was outstanding in really charging through the field, and, and Fabian Volven from from the back, obviously missing out because of the practice crash. So some of the uh, you know their charging drives and uh, attacking uh, in in still not easy conditions uh, against top line drivers like Alice Powell and, and Jamie Chadwick was, was very commendable and, and really showed probably the experience, I think, of, of Kim Elin and um, in general and, and maybe in, in those sort of, sort of conditions. Um, probably the, the W Series drivers, some of them are, were the least experienced drivers racing at the weekend. So uh, it's probably also um, something to be thankful for that they did get the best of, of the weather conditions but probably the W Series was the best race in fact in terms of uh, overtaking uh, through the field and people people charging up up the order particularly with those you know those six at, at the back but you could really in the conditions you could really see the difference between the top the top drivers in the field and those at the back end of the uh, of the grid in certainly in how they approached Eau Rouge but uh, I think the, the crash on Friday influenced a lot of the thinking for the rest of the weekend. So there was a lot of talk in the other sessions of, you know, we have to be thinking of what happened to the W Series drivers. And, and I think that coloured some of the judgment also up to, to Formula One, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's very good points. And uh, certainly a lot of um, sort of... Uh, you know, a lot of people bearing in mind the events of two years ago at, at Spa, um, even a couple of weekends ago with the the, the, the nasty crash that that put Jack Aitken in in, uh, in the hospital, breaking a um, a collarbone, I think it was. So, um, it these things do play play on the minds of um, of of the drivers, the organisers, the teams, and so forth. Um, won't delve too much in, into Formula One because that's a totally different topic itself. But um, yeah, some very good points about about W Series and watching back the highlights. Massively impressed with with Kim Alinen, um to to absolutely just scythe away through the field and then open up a enormous gap in what was effectively half a race because um, they spent so long behind the safety car at the at, at the start of the race. Um, but at, at, it, it just brings out her experience, what she knows, what she's um, what she's good at, and and so forth. Um, as I, as I mentioned to her um, when I spoke to her before, I remember being um, on the inside of um, Hawthorne Bend at Brands Hatch, 
um, in the wet um, in 2019. She's just going totally sideways through it. So it shows her, her level of commitment and that, that paid off on the day. Um, great result for Jamie Chabuk as well to take P2 um, to, to open up a, a small advantage in the championship against Alice Powell. Um, and Powell was beaten to the po final podium spot by Marta Garcia, who takes her first podium of um, what I had previously been a troubling start to the year. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the news stories that um, have come out in the past few days. Um, first one really is Framer is off to sports cars. So we don't really talk about sports cars all that much here, but um, Framer um, in its type with, with the Iron Lynx GT outfit. Um, they'll be racing in the World Endurance Championship in 2022. No drivers have yet been announced, but we have seen Callum Eilat tease things on social media, but uh, that's just Callum Eilat teasing um, Callum Eilat things. Um, uh, I think the other ones really to, to, to mention, um, Enzo Fittipaldi is making his F2 debut at Monza. Um, Bethany, I definitely want to get your thoughts on, on this one. Um, he's stepping up to Chevreuse. Uh, well, with with Chiru staying on with the team that's been racing in, in Formula Three with, um, in place of Ava Beckman, who's run out of budget. So, Bethany, your thoughts on on Fittipaldi making the the jump up to Formula Two? Uh, I think I kind of rounded it off nicely in the um, in yesterday's podcast with just a sort of why, uh, not yesterday's last week's podcast because. He's not really done anything major in F3. He's, he, I think, he he's kind of suffering from the from the thing we worried that Schumacher might suffer from, in that going too fast too quickly. In that he's he's just got his first he's just got his first podium. Let's go up to F2. He needs to kind of settle down, get F3 done, do well in F3, and then go up to F2. And then presumably do do well there. Um, I might be surprised; he might be excellent, um, but I don't. I don't think he's really kind of proven himself as um, worthy of the jump up to F two. Certainly, um, when you look at um, uh, Logan Sargent, his teammate, probably more deserving of the jump up to F two. But it's a money thing more than anything, I think, and. Um, I, I hope I'll be surprised. It'll be nice to have another Janetta Junior graduate up there, but he's he it's just not um com it's not it's not convinced me in F3 that he's ready for that jump up and he probably needed to do a a little more preparation in the in the build up for that jump and do a little longer in F3 get some wins under his belt before he makes that jump. But um, if you offer to see in the next step up, I I, I don't think any driver is going to say, no, I'll, I'll just sit in F3 for a bit. Let, let, let somebody else have that F2 seat. So I, I can't blame him. Uh, and I can't blame um, the team if money is a factor because money is an important factor in motorsport. But he's just... I don't expect this to be a great thing for his career. Mm. And Alejandro, just a few words on, on David Beckman, who um, it seems like his racing career for now uh, at least is over. 
Um, I, I personally have been impressed with his approach in the, and whenever I've spoken to him, um, nice lad, but sometimes it just doesn't quite work out when you haven't got the budget. And it just seems like the, the, this situation is just another one of those, those sort of um, scenarios where a driver just runs out of money and, and that's it, effectively, for now, uh, at the very least. Yeah, well, uh, I didn't have the pleasure to meet him in these years in the Formula 2, Formula 3 paddock, but he is definitely a quick driver. He was doing a, a quite a good season considering he was with Charus and he was teammate to Guillermo Samaya, so he was pretty much the only driver providing good feedback to the team and all that sort of stuff. It's a shame to see him go, but I mean, that's rising sometimes, unfortunately. And that's it. From what he said this morning in a, in a statement he published on his Instagram account, I presume that we will see him racing some, somewhere else soon, as he was saying he would focus on other series. So probably GT, GT World Challenge, Alak GT, which are which have been pretty much the categories chosen by those who have left the Formula Two and Formula Three paddock in the in the recent years. So yeah, I'm sure he'll he'll find a seat somewhere because he's a, a very fast driver. He has proven it in the past, especially when he was in Formula Three GP3 series back then with Trident. And yeah, mm. that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we'll just, uh, the, the last big story, really, we'll just cover it off very quickly. Um, Andrea Kimi Antonelli, the very highly rated Carter Mercedes Jr., is getting a Formula 4 call-up with Prima in the Italian Championship. So that is something to look forward to a lot. There's a lot of hype around that kid. Um, so we'll see just how quickly he adapts to that level. Um, that pretty much brings us to a close i think um we'll call it off early because i've got things to do and stuff like that so i'm sure everyone else has got as well um but this weekend got fi formula 3 and w series both from zandvoort hopefully a slightly drier zandvoort um possible title decided for fif3 but i think that's becoming a little bit less likely now um we'll see how that goes um we've also got danish formula 4 from padbork park um and Formula Regional Japan, everyone's favourite championship, um, will also be in action. That's at Motegi. So make sure you keep an eye out on FormulaScout.com and Formula Scout on all the socials for all of the news, reports, features, and analysis, everything else that we've got going on. Um, we'll be back next week with another podcast, I'm sure. Um, and yeah, that will be it. So do keep an eye on everything there as the, the, the Formula 3 Championship in particular comes to its climax. So I'm going to be back in the press conferences this weekend talking to all the drivers um, and we'll be back soon with another Formula Scout podcast. <laughs>